0: today and they, they had the organ and everything pumping. I'm just saying, just just pay attention. Who knows? They, I said, Ah-ha! I wasn't even the one. I was the one preaching. I got excited when that, that hit. Hallelujah. It was wonderful. But I am so excited to be back in the house of God with this wonderful church. Thank you, Lord Jesus. And uh, I just want to teach or preach or treach or whatever just for a few moments tonight. And um, I'm actually going to be talking about what we are doing. I am not preaching this in a mindset of, oh, we're going to have to do this. But thank God this is what we're doing and this is what we're involved in. Aren't you thankful for all the great testimonies for Cuba, what God is doing there? These wonderful young people, isn't that wonderful, them putting the Word of God in their hearts? Amen. And uh, I'm just thankful to see everybody. And we're going to get into the Word of God. So let's pray just for a moment, okay? Thank you, Lord Jesus. God, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you, God, that you are always here and you're always helping us. You're always directing us. Lord Jesus, I pray that the Holy Ghost will flow freely tonight. God, let us leave this place lifted and encouraged and strengthened, knowing that we are doing your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said amen. Amen. Clap your hands as you're seated unto the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You know, we used to always say that, and I'm still in the habit of saying clap your hands as you're seated, but it's very hard to do that when you have flipped seats these days. You're like trying trying to obey the man of God. Help me. (laughs) The Bible says in Genesis chapter 12, verse number 1, Genesis 12 and 1, Now the Lord saith unto Abram, this is later going to be Abraham, but at this point his name is still Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house into a land that I will show thee. And I will... Make of thee a great nation, and I will bless thee. Everyone say, I will bless thee. And I will make thy name great, and here we go, and thou shalt be a blessing. Say that with me. Thou shalt be a blessing. Hmm. One more time, just to let the devil know we know what our job is. Thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and I will curse them that curse thee. Those that want to make you pay $400 for a car, I'm going to give them a phone call. And in thee, everybody say, in me, me. shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Now, the first thing, if you're going to be in this blessing and be this blessing... Let me just first say that you must get into the blood of Abraham. There we go See just a little beatbox all it took First you're going to have to Get in that that lineage The bible talks about the seed of abraham The bible lets us know that we are the children of abraham He is the father of the faithful, but the only way to get into the lineage The bible says you must be circumcised That was the only way. And the Bible says the male child that was not circumcised, that child, that man shall be cut off from his people. He said if you are not circumcised you are not under the blessings of Abraham And when you come to the New Testament It lets us know made with a circumcision Made without hands This is how it happens Buried with him in baptism And so if there's anyone here that's in the lineage of Abraham You've been baptized in the name of Jesus Why don't you take a moment and thank God That you are in the blessings You are in the flesh of the blessings. But as I preached last Sunday morning, I'm kind of tagging on to that, that if you receive a blessing, he let Abraham know you are being blessed so you can be a blessing. A lot of people reach for being a blessed person, but they don't reach for being a person that blesses. Here he said, I will bless you and thou shalt be a blessing. I want to not only be blessed, but I want to flow in the, in the movement of Abraham. So bless me, Lord, so I can be a blessing. Now the greatest blessing that we could help others receive is salvation. I don't care how else you help somebody. I don't care how dirt poor literally someone is. If they are not shared the gospel. If we give them everything else we can give them. But they are not given the gospel of Jesus Christ. uh, We have failed in our mission. You must be born again. uh, Because heaven and earth uh, shall pass away. Uh, But what's in the word of God. uh, What it teaches us. uh, Will be established uh, for ever. John 3, 3 through 5, Jesus answered saying to him, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. That's important. Nicodemus said, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say unto thee, except a man is born of the water. That's what that's talking about right there. Except a man is born of the water and of the Spirit he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. If we give people everything else we can give them, but we do not give them the gospel, we have failed in our mission. Can I hear an amen? amen. And we are not to try to water down the gospel. Galatians 1 and 8, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that we have preached unto you. Let him be accursed. Verse 9, he says it again. I said before, so say I now again. I want to make sure you get what I'm saying. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached, let him be accursed. If you receive anything other than what the gospel is, what is the gospel? Is the fact that Jesus died for us, that he was buried, but he didn't stay in the tomb. He rose again on the 3rd day. That's the gospel. But that's what he did and how we obey the gospel is when we Die out to sin by repentance. We are baptized, buried with Him by baptism, and we're filled with His Spirit that is being filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. I'm here to tell you there is no other way except a man is born again of the water and of the Spirit. He cannot. Don't matter how good you are, don't matter how good people that we talk to are, the Bible does not teach good people go to heaven. The Bible teaches saved people go to heaven. The Bible teaches born again people go to heaven. Now I know in the world that we're living in, for me to say something like that, you are so judgmental. I'm not I'm just standing in the word and I ain't about to move let me tell you if everybody if everybody shows up in heaven I'm going to be happy because I'm going to be there it don't matter to me anybody that's there that God sees fit to put there I'm as happy as a lark I don't know how happy larks are but apparently they're really happy I'm happy for anyone but the Bible doesn't say just anybody's getting in The Bible says born-again believers are getting in. You can't get into the kingdom unless you're born again of the water and the Spirit. Now, you find in the Word of God, they say, well, you're being judgmental. Old Testament is so judgmental, but the New Testament is all about grace. That's right. But you're going to have to accept that grace and act upon that grace. The Bible says grace teaches us some things. So you find a man like it. This, in Acts chapter 10, verse 1, there was a certain man, Caesarea, called Cornelius. He was a centurion of the band called the Italian band. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house. He fears God with all of his house. He gives much alms to the people. And he prays to God always. He's always praying. Always putting God first in his house. Always giving alms are given to the poor, but doing those things don't make you saved. I told you I'm doing a little teaching tonight. He prays to God always, verse 3, And he saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming unto him, saying, Cornelius. And when he looked, he was afraid, and he said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms have come up as a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa, and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. Is to do. I'll never forget. I was in a Bible study with a, a, a number of men, uh, a businessmen, and I said, "Here we find that this man was not saved." And this man corrected me very quickly and says, "It does not say he's not saved. This is this is after the after Pentecost. This is the time of grace. This is a good man. He's saved." And it, he says, "It doesn't say he wasn't saved here." But see, that's why you've got to. Rightly divide the word of truth. You can't get stuck on one scripture. You're going to have to look around a little bit. Because when you look at the next chapter As Peter is talking about what happened here He is retelling re- all the disciples what had taken place In Acts chapter 11 verse 13 and 14 And he showed us Who showed us? Cornelius He showed us how that he had seen an angel in his house Remember that's what we just talked to And he stood uh, He stood and said uh, Send men to Joppa And call for one Simon Whose surname is Peter You remember that? We just read that He lodges uh, Verse 14, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and thy house shall be saved. So this man that gave money to everybody, that prayed to God always, that feared God with all of his house, that had angels showing up, he was not saved. What is it that gets you saved? The Bible says you must be born again of the water and of the Spirit. So what happened to Cornelius? verse 44 I'm glad you asked Peter is now preaching to Cornelius this good man good man God fearing man praying man giving alms man seeing angels man but while Peter is preaching to this man what are the two things that he said you must be born of the water and of the spirit baptism infilling of the Holy Ghost amen that's what he said right So while Peter was yet speaking these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, and they of the circumcision, those of the circumcision, were uh, which believed, were astonished, as many as came with Peter. Why? Because the Jews didn't think the Gentiles could get the Holy Ghost; they thought it was only for the Jews. So what happened is God has to get a hold of, a hold of one person, and another person. And I think that's what's happening in our church. I think God's getting a hold of some people. But not only getting a hold of us, I think God's getting a hold of people out there. And there's about to be a meeting time. And there's going to be lives. And whole households are going to be saved. I believe it. With everything inside of me, there's some divine connections that's about to happen. but the the Jews didn't believe it they of the circumcision were astonished I can't believe they're doing this why, why were they astonished, what would make them astonished, as many as came with Peter because on the Gentiles was also poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost, how did they know they received the Holy Ghost, next verse for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, what is that being born of the Spirit, he had to be born of the Spirit, they heard and magnify God, then answered Peter can any man forbid water that these which should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we and he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord so what is it that this good man had to do he had to be born of the water and of the spirit and I don't care how else we help people I don't care what else we do to help them in their lives uh, at some point uh, they got to know uh, you must be born again if you're going to make it to heaven uh, I don't care how nice you are nice people don't go to heaven uh, Saved people do So is there any doubt in our minds what the most important thing is? They must be saved. But just because there's no doubt in our mind about that, that does not let us off the hook from being a blessing in every way we can be a blessing. Just because that's the most important thing don't mean there's no other things. And John the Baptist began to plant the seed in the church before the church ever started. What is it that we need to do? In Luke chapter 3, verse 10, and ele- chapter 3, verses 10 and 11. And the people ask him, saying, What shall we do then? I need to do something right. And John starts putting inside of them the principles of an extra mile. He answered and said unto them, If thou hast two coats, let him impart to him that hath none. And he that hath meat, let him do likewise. He was sowing the seed of the kingdom of God. What did he come to do? To prepare the way. But he did more than just say repent. He said let there be actions. Not only where you're not doing bad anymore, do some good. He was saying, yes, you don't need to do the evil. Yes, you need to stop sinning, but I want you to go beyond that. I want you to not only not sin, I want you to begin to be a blessing. I want you to begin to walk through the earth and everywhere you go, let it be marked with the blessing that you're willing to give. So Jesus steps up behind him, as I said. This is what we're doing. I want you to know what you're doing is right. Jesus steps on the scene and his ministry begins. And he begins to preach the same message that John the Baptist preached to prepare the way. And he said in Matthew 5, 41, Whosoever shall compel thee to go one mile, go with him twain. The second mile principle, the the mindset that don't just get get by in life. Don't just give people what you have to give them. Don't just do what you have to do. Uh, But when you see an opportunity, uh, go ahead uh, and go the extra mile uh, and make a difference uh, in somebody's life. I said it last week there are no traffic jams on the extra mile. You will be able to move freely on the extra mile who is my neighbor one man asked Luke chapter 10 verse 25 through 29 behold a certain lawyer stood up tempting him saying master what shall I do to inherit eternal life and he said to him what is written in the law how do you read that? How is it that you think all that lays out? And the answer: Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do. You know it. Now do it. And thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, I've had a lot of conversations where people try to justify themselves. Trying to justify himself says, who is my neighbor? Oh, let's get nitpicky about this thing. See, the spirit of this man was wrong. The spirit of this man was wrong trying to justify every little thing that happens, what's going on. And so Jesus looks at him as he's trying to nitpick and find out who is my neighbor, who is it that I have to help. And in Luke, the very next verse, verse 30, Jesus answered and began to talk about a certain man that went to Jerusalem, to Jericho, and he fell among thieves, and they stripped him of his raiment, and they wounded him and departed, leaving him half dead, which meant he was half alive, and someone could help him. And by chance, by chance, there came a certain priest that way, and he saw him, and he passed on the other side. Likewise, by chance. That's one of the reasons that we don't help people, is it's always by chance instead of going to help people on purpose. When you live your life not just waiting for things to happen to you by chance, but you start living your life on purpose, uh, you're going to start finding opportunities uh, to make a difference in people's lives. Uh, that's exactly right. Uh, you've got to live by purpose uh, and stop living by chance. Amen. Likewise, the Levi, and he was. As he came to that place, he looked on him and he passed on the other side. But a certain Samaritan. This was such a blow to them. This lawyer that stood up. He did not like Samaritans. Nobody liked the Samaritans. It was a very preju- a very prejudiced time that you have Jews and Gentiles. And the Samaritan was half Jew and half Gentiles. And the Gentiles didn't like him because they were half Jew, and the Jew didn't like him because they were half Gentile. Nobody liked him. And he said, but this. This man that nobody else likes, a certain Samaritan, he journeyed and came where he saw and when he saw him he had compassion on him and he went to him and he bound up his wounds and he poured oil and wine and set him on his own beast and brought him to an inn and took care of him and on the morrow he departed and took two pence and uh, some, just some money for them and gave them to the host and said unto him take care of him and whatsoever he spends the more when I come again I will repay thee which now of these Think thou was the neighbor unto him that had fell among thieves. He said, "You're asking the wrong question. It's not who's my neighbor. The question is, is who can you be a neighbor to?" Who can you make up in your mind? I don't know the man. If he was feeling good, he might not even talk to me. But he's in a ditch, and I've decided I'm going to be a neighbor to a man in a ditch that can't help himself. Oh, lift your hands for a moment. I feel the Holy Ghost. This was not only something that was preached. And I'm so proud of this church. I am so godly proud of this church. When you see a need, you just go after it. These kids, how awesome is that? That they're learning. That wow, there's a, a man over there that's trying to get around and teach people the word of God uh, and he can't do it. Uh, let's join together uh, and let's buy him a motorcycle. And I know where kids get their money from. Uh, thank you, parents, uh, for stepping up uh, and saying, We're gonna help you uh, learn uh, that this is what you do. Uh, you be a neighbor uh, to someone in Cuba that you've never met before, but you've decided that's my neighbor. I've never met him, I don't know who he's gonna meet but that's my neighbor oh I feel the Holy Ghost I feel the Holy Ghost I don't care where they are I'm going to be a neighbor to them the New Testament church didn't just hear the teaching of John the Baptist and Jesus but in Acts 2 45 they sold their possessions and goods and part of them to men To every man that had the need. Now let me just stop for a moment and say. He is not talking here. Let me just pastor for a moment, okay? He is not talking here about people that just don't ever have anything. They don't can't keep a job. They can't, that's not what he's talking about here. What was going on here is when people found out that this person was a Christian, they would no longer use him no more. He could not work anymore. He used to be the blacksmith, but now he's a tongue talker. And everyone said, we're not going to buy his goods anymore. These are the people that they were helping each other, not somebody that refused to keep a job and work. Because there's Bible on that too. If a man don't work, don't let him eat. That's as much Bible as Acts 2.38. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God. Don't act like that's not in there. Now let me get sweet again. They sold their possessions and goods. And again, let me say, just because you have some people that take advantage that don't let us off the hook. Just because there are some out there that will take advantage of you, you may not be able to help them over and over and over and over again, but it doesn't get us off the hook of just doing good to people just because it's the right thing to do. (laughs) You see, the important thing is that we're saved. But once we're saved, we need to step up. Ephesians 2, 8 and 10. For by grace are you saved through faith and not of yourself. It is a gift of God. The only reason that I'm saved, it's not because I'm good. It's not because I'm perfect. It's because God in his grace and his mercy said, Jason, just get back up. And if you're willing to get back up, I'm willing to help you up and help you make it all the way. It's because of God's grace. And then not of works, lest any man should boast. It's not about all the good things you do but that don't get you off the hook the next verse for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. He's saying, listen, you're saved by grace. and your works, you can do everything you can imagine, but that can't save you. But nevertheless, when you're saved, you will begin to do good works in this world. People will look at you and say, wow, what an amazing God they serve. What is the criteria for doing good to others? What is the criteria of doing good? Luke chapter 6, verse 30. Is this okay, everybody? Luke chapter 6, verse 30. Give to every man that ask of thee. It's in the Bible, isn't it? And to him that taketh away thy good, ask them not again. Wow. I invite you to go read this. And as ye would that men should do to you do ye also do you the same the same way now when he says do them likewise it's not saying if 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 you like a coke and they give you a coke it's not saying give them a coke they may like a sprite it's saying give them something that's going to help them If you want someone to do something good for you, do something good for them. You give something good where they need something, and then it can come back to you where you need something. It's not just giving apples for apples. That's not what it's talking about. It's saying find a need, and when you have a need, it's going to come back to you. You're going to be blessed so you can be a (coughs) blessing. Uh Oh, my. Verse 32. For if ye love them which love you, what think ye? What's what's the big deal? This, now, this is, this is Jesus. Now, I'm not the one saying that because I think it's a big deal. But Jesus, on the other hand, don't. Now, I, because I, I have seen people that I, people that I love that they didn't love me quite as much as I love them. I've seen that happen. And that's probably been vice versa. But what Jesus is saying, listen, if you love people... Just because they love you, well, thank you. What, 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 what's the big deal there? For sinners love them that love them, you have just got to the same level as a sinner. Congratulations. When you can only love people that love you, you're at the same level. Boy, I didn't expect to hit a little bump there. If you if you only love people that do the things that you want to do and it all goes the same way, what good is that? All sinners do that. That's just basically a being a good person. That's good. But that's not being Christ like. And if you do good to them which do good to you, what thank ye. For sinners also even the same. Huh and if you lend hoping to receive you're a good businessman ain't got no problem with that that's good business but that's not good Christian stuff but be a good businessman but don't think that that's your Christianity if you lend thinking to receive go ahead be the businessman you should be we've got to occupy until he comes I said that last week for sinners also lend to sinners hoping to receive gain But when you love your enemies and do good and lend hoping nothing again, then your reward shall be great. And I'm telling you the rewards are better than whatever else you're going to get. The rewards shall be great and ye shall be the children of the highest. For he is kind unto the unthankful. I have been a, a, a reciprocant of Jesus being kind when I wasn't really where I should be and I wasn't being back to him the way I should be. But he said, I'm going to love you anyhow. As a matter of fact, he died for me while I was still a sinner. He said, this is how your heavenly father does. Verse 36. Be ye therefore merciful, as your father also is merciful. It runs in the family. You should be merciful like your father is merciful. Deal with what you have to deal with, but be merciful. Again, what is the criteria? What is it that I I, everything has to be set up before I do good? Here here you go, here's a criteria for you. Galatians chapter six verse ten As ye therefore have opportunity. do good unto all men, especially those of the household of faith. We need to do good to each other. We shouldn't take advantage of each other. But again, that's not what I'm just preaching about here today. It also says to all men, we should just go through this life. How can I lift somebody? How can I encourage somebody? And I'm not talking about just giving money to everybody. I'm talking about a smile and a kind word and a little bit of time that you can invest in somebody else. Do Something to give, to give, to give. What is the criteria? If you have opportunity, hallelujah. God pays attention to how we give. I remember when I saw this a year or two ago. I've read this so much, but it never dawned on me that God pays attention to how we give. I know if we don't give our tithe and offerings, the Bible says that we have robbed God. Sister Weekly whenever Brother Weekly passed away, she came and paid her tithe, she said Brother Weekly didn't want to go out of this world owing oh, God anything what a man but the Bible says in Acts 10 and 4 that when he looked up he was afraid this is back to Cornelius right now and he said what is it Lord and this is what the angel said to him thy prayers and thy alms has come up as a memorial before God it wasn't just his prayers that came up as a memorial for God. God was also collecting and seeing how he was giving. The alms that he was given here was just people that needed something. It was beyond himself. It was a second mile. But God not only took count of his prayers. The memorial was not just prayers. It was how he gave in a world that was selfish. It was a man that kept giving and kept praying and kept giving and kept praying and fearing God. And both of these things came up as a memorial before God. God pays attention to how we give. God pays attention to giving to Cuba. God pays attention to doing a block party. God pays attention to how we give. Oh, lift your hands for a moment. The Holy Ghost is here. Stand with me and lift your hands and lift your voice. I'm just going to stop right here. Lift your hands. Lord, this amazing church that gives so much. Pledged over $100,000 to missions last year. Gave the majority of that. What an amazing church. Give to so many different needs. And, Lord, what I know is this, our prayers and our arms keep building up. And, Cornelius, I know you and your family's not saved yet, but you just keep building. I've been waiting for my son to be saved. I've been waiting for my daughter and my husband. I'm just going to keep on praying and keep giving. And the more that I give, it's my money, it's my time, it's my energy, it's whatever I can give. And God's taking note. And after a while, what we keep giving and how we keep praying is going to be built up that God can't see over it anymore. And he comes down and he says, Cornelius, it's time for you and all of your house to be saved his family was saved because of how he prayed and how he gave and it reached the point that God says wow that's someone that's not even the lineage of Abraham but he's got the principle hey Gabe come on over here you see that man down there look at this look at all these prayers Look at all these arms. It's time. Go get him. You got it? Now I want you to go over there to Simon Peter. And I want you to wake him up on that house and tell him someone's coming because someone refused to stop praying and refused to stop giving. They're coming. I want him to be ready now. Now I want him to go with him. I'm gonna be, he's not even gonna finish his message, and they're gonna be filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in other tongues. They're gonna to be baptized in my name because they wouldn't stop praying and they wouldn't stop giving. God pays attention, thou shalt be a blessing. Lift your hands one more time. God, I feel the power of God here right now. Oh, somebody just obey God right now. The Holy Ghost is moving. Someone just obey God right now in the name of Jesus. That's it. I see the Holy Ghost moving all over this place. Come on, God sees every time you pray. And he sees every time you give. And I'm telling you, there is a break point that's happening. There is a moment that is coming up uh, that God says, uh, this memorial has reached the point uh, of how they prayed uh, and how they made a difference in this world, uh, how they blessed others. Uh, I cannot ignore it uh, anymore. Uh, I cannot ignore it Uh, one more second. Uh, It's time for a miracle to take place. That's it. Let the Holy Ghost flow. He at Tadrondo, yo sotorbe, Mayandaha. He alabo sotorbe, and I other and I alamaha. That's it. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. a son mozón doble más Come on, let God put a new burden in you to make an impact in this world. Why are we going out and doing a block party? What's going on? Ultimately, I want people to be saved. I want people to be born again. But let me tell you what's gonna happen. We're gonna pray so much and we're gonna give so much that there's gonna be God moments where angels go to homes and lives are forever changed. It's gonna happen because of how we pray and how we give. Oh, Jesus. Come on. Someone needs to have the same testimony, the very same testimony that Abel had, that he gave with excellence. I give, myself, I give myself to you Oh, someone say, my life is not my own My life is not my own To you